Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the BizCast. I'm Shannon King. This week, I talked to Steve Dickey, president of Connecticut Spring and Stamping, located in Farmington. The precision manufacturer has recently expanded their operations to Southington. I asked Steve about how the business has weathered the pandemic, what his outlook for 2021 is, and why workforce development is the number one issue that keeps him up at night. As always, please rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, here's my conversation with Steve. So first of all, tell me about um, Connecticut Spring and Stamping, when you started, what you manufacture, how many employees you have. You know, we were founded in 1939 by the Yeomans family, Burt Yeomans, and uh, have been doing business ever since. We manufacture springs and stampings, kind of very technical precision kind of springs and stampings. So uh, things that go into aerospace, medical devices, drug delivery, surgical instruments, uh, firearms, defense, as well as commercial products that uh, that we manufacture as well. So a lot of commercial products go to, you know, Tyco and to, you know, Lexmark and Xerox, you know, a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Everything is custom made. So we manufactured to the customer's blueprints. We have just under 500 employees, and we have two locations here. We have 150,000 square feet in one building, 50,000 square feet in the second building, and then this new building in, in uh, Sullington that we purchased, which is uh, 31,800 square feet, which we're using really for manufacturing. So we're pretty diversified. We have a, a, a lot of different quality uh, uh, certifications. We're certified to ISO 9001 which is kind of the standard ISO certification, uh, including design. And then we're certified in AS9100, which is an aerospace certification, and ISO 13485, which is the medical uh, certification for manufacturing uh, medical, not medical devices, but medical components. Probably not a requirement that we need. We do it more so that our customers, our medical customers that we deal with know that we totally understand the medical industry and what the requirements are. Yeah, absolutely. So just under 500 employees, that's pretty big. Do you consider yourself a small business or mid-sized? Yeah, we're still a small business. We're under 500, you know, people, but, you know, you know, and you, you may have seen us or not seen us, but, you know, we were, I think we're ranked, we were tied for number 10th in the uh, largest manufacturers in the Hartford area. So, um, you know, pretty, Pretty, pretty big, pretty big size, small business. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, yeah. Great. So there's a lot of competitors around us. There's, you know, yeah. there's 30 some different spring manufacturers, but you know, not a lot of people do springs and stampings the way that we do. So we do springs, we do stampings, we do assembly. We've expanded into machining. We do machining here. We do laser engraving. We do laser welding now. Um, so we're we have a pretty broad capability. Unlike, you know, some stampers kind of just focus on, you know, one area. Uh, and even within our stamping business, we do progressive stampings. We do secondary stampings. We do fine blank stampings. We do machines, uh, machine features on stamp parts. And then in springs, we do flat wire. We do, you know, round wire, flat wire, braided wire, uh, all kinds of specialty kinds of things, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. So, I mean... These stamping and springs, they sound like two different production lines, are they? Or Yeah, yeah, they are. We, okay. We kind of, we, we really, 
we kind of divide our, our manufacturing into basically three areas. So one is the spring division, which manufactures all these different types of springs. Our stamping division, which is a lot of secondaries and also includes a lot of the machining. And then we have a four slide department. So the four slide department is just another way to make a, either a wire form or a stamped component. And we've recently invested millions of dollars into new technology in that department as well. In fact, we just cut loose on another uh, big purchase. So we, we bought some, uh, we're buying peeler machines, which is a very sophisticated, um, you know, kind of state-of-the-art uh, manufacturing method that kind of replaces the four slide. When the four slide equipment and four slide machinery kind of dates back, you know, 50 years or maybe more. And, uh, uh, up until you know recently, there really wasn't anything that was that much better. But uh, we did find something is better, and we're in the process of converting uh, most everything over to that. So we made some pretty significant investments there, uh, as well as equipment across the across the whole business. So yeah, definitely. So I definitely want to talk about you know some recent developments and expansion with you, but I want to go back. So how was your 2020 for your business, for you, for your employees? You know. How was this past year? We're about to hit a year of this pandemic of the state shutdown or stay at home order in March. So how has the past year been for you? Yeah, well, I mean, it it started off okay, but it quickly took a big hit, you know, that during the, the COVID period, which was, you know, February, March, April, May, June, you know, that whole portion of the year where we, you know, we really, it was a challenge. And very few people here can work from home. We did have I think 30 or 40 people, that's about the limit of who can work from home because obviously you can't run a stamping press or you can't run a coiling machine, you know, from your house. Right. <laughs> you got to be here. You got to be here. So we're, a, and we're an essential uh, supply, you know, essential supplier. So, you know, we, I was here every day through the whole event and it, and it was a challenge and we, we uh, did a lot of extra things for our employees. You know, we gave them, you know, extra PTO. We, had plans for you know even extra pay during the during when the people were most afraid to come in. So we were kind of rewarding them to you know through the process and you know and we we kind of survived through all of it. The business really was down the second half of the year. It picked back up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're pretty diversified. So when some industries are down, like the surgical devices were down, but uh, you know drug delivery devices continued to to uh, have demand on them. So those those were good and. Uh, we make a lot of firearms components, and, and that business was very strong. So, all in all, it was it was an okay year. I mean, we we survived it okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Did it you was a downturn at the beginning of the of the whole COVID? That you know, we took a hit there. Yeah, absolutely. So, did you end twenty twenty? You know, at a at a loss, or did you pretty much break even at the end of the year? Pretty much broke even at the end of the year. By the time we finished, so the second half was very good. Um, and kind of made up for, you know, made up for some of the first part of it. So, Yeah, certainly. So this expansion into Southington, so you have one main location in Farmington, and then you expanded to Southington. Uh, well, we have two We have two locations here in Farmington, so we have two okay. buildings here. Okay. Yeah. All right, good to know. So you have two locations in Farmington, and then you expanded to Southington. So um, were those plans to expand were you crafting that and planning for that before the pandemic hit or was this all done during the pandemic? No, we were planning for it before. Uh, and we found a building that we liked. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of what we were planning on 
was business that was impacted by the pandemic. And so now we have, you know, we have a building where we don't have an immediate need for all those, all that space for uh, manufacturing, but it it probably delayed some of these projects about a year. So we, you know, we're a little bit ahead of it, but um, it was definitely needed for expansion into um, some of the medical markets, but they, they couldn't get the qualifications to the FDA and the trials uh, due to uh, a lack of uh, volunteers, (laughs) if you will, to go through the, uh, the, you know, the qualifications and the testing of the devices. So, Interesting. Is that because the FDA was just flat out with... Um, uh, I'm not sure why it is. I think it was more that they were claiming that there was just a very reluctance uh, on finding candidates that were willing to go through on top of all this threat about, you know, the, you know, COVID that didn't want to try a new device at such a uh, risky time. Well, that's where, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, worries about... Um, you know, potentially getting COVID, uh, getting the virus, um, and, you know, potentially having to, you know, who knows what happens with, um, using new medical devices. If you end up in the hospital or if you have complications that put you at a higher risk. Exactly. So, yeah, so, I totally, yeah. yeah, I totally understand that. Um, so this expansion, um, has been in the work since before COVID. So did it ever cross your mind to not continue with this expansion or did you just push ahead and you had already it crossed our mind, but we yeah. decided to push ahead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So was that a tough, so. de- was that a tough decision to make? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I mean the cost and the, and the, even the commitment internally for people that have to manage all this instead of, you know, uh, when the, when the demand is sort of backing off, you know, so, uh, but I mean, I think, you know, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, we're in a good position now and some of the things that, you know, it's almost like remodeling your house. Some of the things take a little longer than what you expect from the beginning. Um, so, you know, it'll put us in a, uh, you know, kind of ahead of the curve, you know, more ahead than what we had planned on being, but, um, you know, I'm sure that we will, uh, our business looks strong, like we're going to continue to grow and we're going to need the space. So it's, it's more timing than anything. Okay. Interesting. Um, so. so with everything that's happened in 2020 with this expansion, what is your outlook for 2021? I know we're crossing our fingers right now talking about this in February, but what is your outlook for this year? Well, our outlook is to, uh, grow the business. So, um, we intend to be, uh, you know, ahead of where we were last year. What sort of strategies are you just continuing with um, your 2020 strategy? Do you have like a three-year plan, five-year plan? Is it just a continuation um, of what you've been planning? It's more of a continuation with some, you know, variables, you know, thrown in there. We we continue to investigate new avenues of uh, marketing and sales strategies. Uh, obviously, all that's changed. We used to gain a lot of business through trade shows, but those trade shows, you know, have gone to, you know, have gone virtual and the virtual trade shoes have been terrible, (laughs) have not been been good. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, hopefully, you know, late this year or maybe early 2022, you know, things, you know, hopefully get back to where, uh, you know, that was a good avenue for us for finding new business was, uh, was trade shows. Uh, we do try a lot of other things as well, but 
you know, that, that was probably the, the most successful. Okay, interesting. Um, so I have two more questions for you. So a question that I ask pretty much every manufacturer that I talk to here on the pod is how big of an issue is workforce development for you? Do you have trouble hiring people, retaining people? Um, do you work with local community colleges or high schools? Um, what sort of partnerships do you have? What sort of workforce development strategy have you implemented at your company? So yes, that's kind of yes to all of your answers. It's our number one concern. You know, really? space is not a problem. Equipment's not a problem. Finding qualified people is absolutely the number one uh, issue that we have to deal with. Um, and, you know, luckily the state is starting to get back into development. They kind of abandoned the uh, trade. For us, it's it's um, uh, trade schools uh, where we would find, you know, a lot of those technical sort of people that, you know, do GD&T tolerancing, learn, learn CNCs or, or mechanically inclined that go through different trade schools and come out with a, a basic uh, kind of capability that we could then tailor to our specific needs. But that sort of dried up for many, many years. Um, we, as a result of that, developed our own apprenticeship program here and, and in-depth so over the last 10 years or so, we've really invested a lot of time and a lot of money into our own apprenticeship program. And uh, a lot of these people are certified. So these are, are uh, you know, certified tool and die makers, certified coiling people. And as you may or may not know, there's, there's, a, there's a big commitment to that. I mean, to, to be a certified tool and die maker, there's a lot of requirements, including schooling and uh, 8,000 hours, <laughs> which some people say, well, how do I get through that faster? But you, know, you don't. Um, you know, it's basically four years of, uh, and then you are able to start being a tool maker. So we've developed our own apprenticeship programs for many, many positions here, and we're continuing to do that. As we graduate more, we add more apprentice uh, apprenticeships into the program. So currently we have about 14 apprentices. We have a number of graduates and we have people that uh, we're looking to hire to over the next several months to fill in the people that are graduating out of the apprenticeship program. So that's, um, yeah, that's really awesome to be able to develop that internally. I do know of some manufacturers that have done that, but I'm sure it's a lot of work to create the curriculum work, yeah. and track yeah. all those hours. And yeah, um, yeah, 8,000 hours, four years. I mean, that's that's like a college degree. So that right, takes right. a lot of time and effort, certainly. And a lot of people don't understand. Like, there, there's, it's a, it's a, you can make a pretty significant income. You know, um, most of these people make anywhere from, anywhere from 50 to 100,000 hours a year, uh, you know, in a, in a trade that they'll have, obviously, when they're young and all, you know, for the rest of their life. It's a very good income. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. um, and I'm sure that there are, you know, other opportunities um, for those individuals. So it's not, you're not just doing your, your trade. Um, I'm sure you've gotten these apprentices involved in other parts of the company, or, or at least, you know. Um, They're you, diversified through all of our different divisions. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's really great. So is that the biggest issue for you right now that's keeping you up at night is workforce development or is it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really? 100%. I mean, we, I probably have, we probably have uh, over 20 positions open that I'm trying to hire. Oh, wow. And we are, we are not able to find those people. So, so, so what can be done? What can be done for that? Well, again, it's, you know, hopefully, 
you know, it really goes back. It's a very long process, I would say. And, and uh, certainly somebody in, in an educator role might be better adept to answer this question. But I would say it goes all the way back to, you know, to childhood and to elementary schools and to parents and, and teachers to encourage people and to show those, those kids and those young adults that there are uh, good alternatives other than college. You can go to a trade school, you can become an electrician, you become a tool and die maker, you become, you know, many other uh, positions um, by going to a trade school rather than a college. I know there's a lot of people get a degree and, and come out of that degree and say, now what, you know, don't really have an immediate placement for some of those degrees. Now, obviously, if you graduate in um, engineering, you know, mechanical engineering, we hire mechanical engineers. That's a very specific uh, college education that, that would apply here. But um, in a lot of cases, if somebody goes to school and gets a degree in sociology or economics or, you know, some other very broad-based education, there might not be a specific um, job or it could be difficult finding a specific job, uh, you know, to apply those skills to. Uh, so it goes back, again, it goes back to, I think, elementary, you know, uh, parents just encouraging their kids that there's many different options that you could take and what's the best one for you. Because not everybody is perfectly suited for college education and maybe, you know, very bright and very capable and can find other avenues to make a very nice living and, 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 and something that they enjoy doing. But yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I got one of those broad-based uh, college degrees, and it took me a long time to sort of find my way. So I can agree with I can agree with you on that. I mean, I think the workforce development is absolutely number one on our mind, and you know, I'm trying to try I'm trying to uh, institute some new initiatives to see what we can do to um, get the word out there that we are hiring and and. Uh, we are looking for, you know, skilled people and we're looking for people even with, you know, basic skills that we can then, you know, tailor to our specific needs uh, and train them internally. And that's, that's, that's our biggest challenge. So uh, anything that we can do to try to help facilitate that is, is what we're looking at right now. For the latest Connecticut business news, events, and resources, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.